go ahead and pray, and uh, that's tough. Well, that was fun. The uh, power went off. Did anybody? That was. Did anybody get scared? Rhett, I saw you over here. Kind of, you started to run for the exit. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, welcome to Christ Church. Uh, we are glad you are here this morning. Um, our pastor uh, Randy um, has just returned from. Uh, he had a death in the family, and um, I'm sure he's home resting. Uh, and uh, driving back from Charleston is an incredible trip. So obviously Mary's here, so we see who's more spiritual. Cam, that's that's tough. So we need to pray for Randy just for for recovery. Um, hey, I wanted to um, I wanted to tell you last week we we had the fifth Sunday, the fifth Sunday, our family service, and uh, it was a great morning. I had the opportunity um, to kind of blend a few different messages. One of the things I talked about last week um, was that my father-in-law had passed away. Uh, just a couple of days before. So um, this past Friday was a week um, to the day that, that he passed. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I preached the service here Sunday, and I thought I was tired after that, after that message. And um, later um, the next day, I had the honor and privilege of uh, preaching the sermon and message at my father-in-law's funeral. And then I knew I was tired. Uh, but here's something so cool. So many of you came up and just said, what can we do? And I said specifically, just please pray. Um, I, uh, I watched as different men honored my father-in-law and um, just spoke of his character and his pursuit um, to love the Lord God with everything that he was and to love other people the same that he loves himself. And um, it was a Christ-honoring, a God-honoring service for sure. Um, and uh, as I watched man after man go up and, and just speak, um, as they got closer to me, I could just feel um, I was getting uh, emotional. And uh, it's, it's a weird thing. You know, people say it's maybe they feel the, the Spirit of God move at times. And I can genuinely say as soon as I hit those steps, um, I just, something came over me. And uh, I, I, I know that something was the Lord. So I want to say thank you for praying for us. Thank you for praying for me specifically. Thank you for praying for my kids and for my wife, her sister, for uh, my, my mother-in-law, for uh, Mike's mom. Uh, and all the brothers and sister-in-laws, um, thank you for praying for our family. It's one of the things we're going to talk a little bit about today, um, just about how we as a body of Christ come together and really encourage one another and pray for one another. And so I got to experience that. And, and in, a, in a difficult season, um, the Lord showed up in and through you. So I want to say thank you um, from the bottom of my heart, speak for our family. Thank you for loving us well. Um, I, uh, I know Chad, um, one of our elders here, has some Bibles. I would love to hand those out. Uh, if anyone needs a Bible, simply raise your hand. We'd love to give you a copy of, uh, of God's Word. Uh, we are going to be uh, walking through uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to be in the chapter 12. And we're going to look at um, from verses 12 through uh, 27, and we're going to talk about how we are one body made up of many parts. How we are one body made up of many parts. And one of the things... Um, Randy and I are different uh, in this way. Randy, um, and he knows God's word so well, uh, and he should. He's a dinosaur. Um, so he's had years. I saw that, Mary. You guys write that down. Uh, this is not being recorded. Is it, Abby? Oh, man. Go back and edit that out. No, um, Randy has, gosh, he's, he's, um, he has searched the scriptures, studied the scriptures so well. And the way he teaches the Bible is something that I can only hope to one day be able to do. Um, as he spoke with me this past week and said, listen, I'm, I'm going to be traveling. We just got here to Charleston. It was a two-day trip. And I just don't know that I'm going to be able to preach when I come back. Would you like to preach again? Um, and and I, you know, I told him, yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. One of the things I love to do when I preach is um, I'm, when I'm just in the Word, I, I like to be able to share that. 
um, because I think um, while I'm not the Bible scholar that Randy is yet, um, I do think that being able to just be authentic, uh, maybe even to the, the point of, um, I don't know, uh, detriment, uh, that I'm so authentic, that I, I, I'm so open about things, um, that at times I just, I like to bear my heart. And because I think that when we're honest with each other, when we're real, um, God works in and through that. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to I walk through this because this is what I've walked through this week. And I think it's what God wants me to, to deliver to you. So I'm going to be um, mainly reading from the uh, New, International, New International Reader's Version. It's the NIRV. It's the same one our children's ministry uses. And you'll see why. If you've ever read this part of Scripture, um, it begins to talk uh, and it can be confusing. Uh, the hand wants to be this and the ear wants to be that. And the foot doesn't want to do this because this wants to be that. And it can be confusing. The NIRV allows it to be a little bit more reader friendly. And so uh, we're going to be reading off of that. I think we have that on screen. Abby, do we have that? So we'll walk through that. So um, it's going to be a little different than your version, but that's okay. Uh, I think it's good um, that we walk through it. So we're going to start this morning just with a simple prayer. If you would join me as we open the word of God. God, you are so good. Father, we acknowledge that apart from you, we can do nothing. That ultimately, Lord, you have blessed us, you have called us, you have redeemed us, you have saved us, and you have called us into a life to live on mission with you and for you. And so this morning, I pray that as we are challenged by your word, Father, I pray that we would step just one one step closer towards you, that we'd move one step closer to knowing you, to loving you, to following you. Lord, I know that in a, in a group this size, there are people who have known you for years as the Savior and Lord. There are some who are new to the faith. Lord, there are some who are possibly doubting their faith. And there are some here today who don't know you. And so, Father, I pray that wherever we are this morning, that we would keep in mind that you are working new things in and through us every day. And so this morning, I pray that you would draw us to you rather than having us lose focus or think about other things. God, that your word uh, would pierce our heart that you would transform us from the inside out as we look at your word and study it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. So I'm gonna, I, I want to I paint a picture. It comes from Romans chapter 12. You don't, don't need to turn there. It's just a couple of verses. Paul's writing to the church in Rome, and he says in verse 4 of chapter 12, For as in one body we have many members, the members do not have the same function. So we, though, many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let them, excuse me, let us use them. And so Paul paints this picture, which is going to be kind of our jumping off point, that we are all members of one body, that we all have different functions. We are part of the same body, but we have different roles to play. And that's what we're going to look at right here in chapter uh, 12 of 1 Corinthians as he's now writing to the church of Corinth. I'm going to read through this, and then we're going to come back and, and walk through each. And so chapter 12, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians says, There is one body, but it has many parts. Even though it has many parts, they wake up, excuse me, they make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Greeks, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit. The body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. Suppose the foot says, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. It is still part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. It is still part of the body. If the whole body were an eye... How could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? 
God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. Verse 21. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it is just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we cannot do without. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The private parts, they're not shown, but they're treated with special care. The parts that can be shown don't need special care. But God has joined together all the parts of the body, and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Now, as we look at the beginning of this, and maybe you can begin to see why this is kind of where I've been. As we've walked through the last week, Monday, following uh, Mike's funeral, um, we went over to my mother-in-law's house. And the number of people were in the house, I've never seen it. Um, We couldn't walk through the rooms. Uh, There was no place to sit. In fact, I got there a little bit later than everyone else. And something that um, is a pet peeve of mine is when people drive in the grass. Um, It was also one of my father-in-law's. And so, um, obviously, the driveway is packed. People are parked on the street. And there are tire marks. There's ruts. Does anybody else have a problem with that? Throw your hands in the air. Wave them like you just don't. Care. Thank you. Somebody in here is with me. All right. So, get this. So, there's ruts in the grass. Uh, I know the inside's packed. Uh, and I know that uh, I need some time, some space, and so I go to the garage and I get out some tools and I begin to work uh, and I begin to scrape the concrete and try to kind of um, mat down and, and kind of address this issue. And who should come outside? My dad. My dad came out. He said, son, what are you doing? The truth is I didn't want to go inside because I wasn't ready to go inside. I saw a need, and it gave me something else to do, a need that needed to be done. And so I'm out there with a metal rake and a shovel, and I'm trying to do this and that. And he goes, well, son, maybe you ought to do this. And I'm out there. You should have seen me. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I'm sweating. I've got my sleeves rolled up, my tie thrown over my shoulder. I'm out there with dress shoes on, and I'm doing this. And, and it hits me. My dad is out here. He's showing me the right way to do it. And the reason I love that is because I don't know everything yet. Students, I can't begin to tell you the role that your parents play in your lives, your grandparents, other adults who speak truth in your life. I can't begin to tell you how many times I wish I would have been told, listen to your parents. I can't imagine um, a better time than to tell you this now. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. When your parent, your mom or your dad, your aunt or your uncle, uh, your grandparent, when they speak into your life, even the hard things, be willing to listen. Be willing to capture those things and put them in your heart. Here's why that's important. Because next time someone drives in my yard and makes a rut, I won't go out there and begin to try to do it the way I did it. I'll do it the way my dad showed me how. There's going to be a day that I want to pick up the phone and I want to call my dad and say, Dad, how did you do this? How do I do that? He came over yesterday. I was building some above-ground bed, um, flower beds above ground. And uh, you should have seen it. It was was great, a majesty. It was beautiful. He said, uh, he goes, son... Uh, this isn't right. 
And I looked down and I thought, oh my goodness, I had anchored this four by four, 18 inch deal block into the ground with a sledgehammer. And I realized that it wasn't set correctly. And the reason I bring that up is because as we think about, as we think about listening and being willing to help one another, I think this paints a really cool picture of where we're going to go this morning. And it's simply this, is that we all need one another. I can't begin to express that. If you've lost a loved one, which I'm sure most of you in this room have, if you haven't, you will. When you lose a loved one, there's something about the encouragement that comes along with that. Galatians tells us that we're to bear one another's burdens, to spur one another on. And that's one of the things we get to do as we live in biblical community, is we get to love one another and build one another up. We get to encourage one another. And that morning, my dad stepped out. And he came out and he helped me and he's willing to speak into my life. And on the inside of that house, there were people crying. There were people laughing. There were people praying together. I mean, it was, it was the most interesting scene. And, and I don't know if you're like me. Part of it is when I go to something like that, I, I, it's difficult for me, especially when it's someone that I know personally who's passed. And there are people laughing, right? And they're talking and they're eating and just kind of carrying on. And I found myself a little, a little upset. But then I quickly realized that, man, ultimately everybody goes through grief differently. You know, there's some people in the dining room, they're eating and sharing stories about Mike. And there's some other people in the den, they were crying. And this one lady had her arm around another. And there's other people in the kitchen that are just kind of, they're just sitting quietly. And as I began to look around the room, I began to notice that this is one body of people made up of many members. And you had people who were showing mercy. You had people who were showing compassion and encouragement. You had people who were praying with others, sharing wisdom with what they had gone through. Being willing to be vulnerable and share what God's been doing in their life or what, how he's brought them through a pain like this and a suffering. And that's why when I read this, I'm so thankful for God's word, and I'm thankful that while we are one body, we are made up of many members. Listen to what Paul says. There is one body, but it has many parts. Even though it has many parts, they make up one body. It's the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit into the body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Greeks, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit. Now, last week we had the joy of of baptizing um, Adeline, Amian's daughter. Amian's here today, and, and he got to baptize his sweet little girl. Um, and it was a, an incredible opportunity uh, just to be able to uh, profess faith openly that she had made the decision to follow Jesus. Now, what's really unique here is that Paul is writing with a sense that we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that while we are many members, that we've all received the same Spirit of God. And so as he speaks to this, I, I want to paint this picture, just make it clear for us. That we have all, if we've trusted in Christ, that we've all been given the same spirit. And that same spirit is the one that then gives us the giftedness that we're going to talk about briefly here in just a minute. I love where he says here at the, at the end of verse 13. He says, we were baptized by one Holy Spirit. And it didn't matter whether we were Jews or Greeks, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit. You know, as I think about the body of Christ, as I think about um, the different people who get to come to the Lord's table... As I think about the different people who get to come to faith, I'm so glad that, that Christianity is not set apart for wealthy people. That Christianity is not set apart for people who are 
wise. That Christianity is not set just for the white people or the black people or the Asian people or the Hispanics. It's not set apart just for the Europeans or for people from South America. That ultimately the gospel is for all people, all nations. Rich or poor. Regardless of your background, Jesus says, I came to live and to die for you. While you were yet sinner, Christ died for you. And that is a picture that Jesus begins to play in this even so that he says, I choose to love you in the midst of your life, in the midst of your stuff. I'm going to give you my life. And so in response, we get to live as one body made up of many members. And here's why I say that. Because in verse 14, it says the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. Suppose the foot says, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. It's still part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. It's still part of the body. Now, if you had to give up a body member, if you had to think about losing something, what would it be? Sight? That'd be tough. How about about hearing some of you you're losing that regardless if you want to or not right thankfully we have aids for that sight too that's right you know as I think about hearing and sight there's something I love to see my kids play I love to hear them say I love you right I love to hear their laughter what about walking would you be willing to give up your legs how about your thumb what are your thumbs called Ainsley, what are they? Opposable, not disposable. Good. I mean, think about your thumb. Rhett, you wouldn't be able to play video games anymore. Ethan, what would you do? Oh, my goodness. Right? I mean, what are you going to do? You've got to have your thumb. Do you know if you lose your pinky toe, what happens? You can't walk. Thanks, Riley. Good job. You lose your balance. The pinky toe, the smallest toe on your foot, allows you to have balance. And so what Paul's writing here is a reminder for us that you may think that you're not worthy. That you may think that you're a smaller member of the body. That you may think that, what do I have to add to the body? I'm not well off. I I don't have a lot of money to give to the church. um, I'm not great working with kids or students. And as I begin to think about this, we're reminded it doesn't matter who you are. Ultimately, it matters what you're willing to do. As we think about being one body and having many members, the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter if you're uh, a hand. It doesn't matter if you're a foot. It doesn't matter if you're something big or small, something known or unknown, that ultimately every part matters. Because we're all part of that body. Verse 17 says, the whole body, if it were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there's only one body. I'm thankful that everybody in this room is not a mouth. You guys know a mouth? You just know that person who they're just, I mean, they're just always going. Right? I'm thankful that not everybody is a mouth. I'm thankful that some people are ears. As I think about the body of Christ this past week, I can't begin to tell you how many people are willing just to listen to me, just to to talk. I had a conversation this morning with a a guy who is here this morning. He was so encouraging, um, just the things that he shared. And here's what he shared. 
He shared what he dealt with three years ago with what I was going through this past week. And the connection, it was godly. It was God-honoring. See, he was willing to confess some things in his heart and share what he had done. And, and some things that, 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 that I could be encouraged by. Now, if he chose not to do that, you think about it. If he said that what he had gone through or his willingness to share, if it wasn't important, think about how I would be less now. Two hours ago, we had a conversation for five minutes that changed an outlook for me in a lot of ways. And I'm so thankful for that. Here's why that matters. Because in that moment, he was a mouth. In that moment, he was willing to encourage me. He's willing to build me up and to spur me on. Verse 21 says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones that we can't do without. Think about that. The smaller parts of the body are the ones we can't do without. Your gift, we're going to look at in a minute, may not be teaching up here. But you may be really good in like a smaller Bible study setting where with a group of five or six people, you just study the, God's word and are able to apply it to life. Your gift may be compassion. And, and really, you're really good at those one-on-one conversations. And you're not the person who's going to stand up and be in front of other people, but given the opportunity to cry with or to laugh with or build up, that's you. You might say, ah, oh, but really, is mercy that big of a deal? I mean, it's not leadership and it's not teaching. It's not the things that we put up on pedestal. Scripture says that, no, it's the smaller things that matter the most. They're just as important, in fact, if not more important. And so as we read through this, listen to what next part it says. In verse 23, the parts that we think are less important, we treat those with special honor. The private parts, they're not shown, but they're treated with special care. The parts that are shown, they don't need special care. But God has joined all together, all the parts of the body, and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. Does that speak to what Jesus came to live and to die for? Jesus didn't come to save the the wealthy. He didn't come to, to, to seek the found. He came to save the lost, to seek the lost. You think about the Pharisees. They thought they had it all together. On the outside, they were good. On the outside, they lived the life. They said the right thing. They did the right thing. They lived the right life. Jesus came to seek that which was lost. The Pharisees didn't realize they were lost. You see, as Jesus, as we we think about this, and 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 I hear these words that he says, he's given honor to the parts that didn't have any. That's us. That's the Gentile of the world, of the day of of Jesus, the the Gentile who had no worth in the eyes of others. The Samaritan who was looked down upon by the the chosen godly people. It says the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them must take care of each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You know, it's, it's easy to be kind of glamorized, hearing, and sight, and smell, because it allows us to do great things. But what about thought? I don't know if there's a, 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 a more harsh disease 
than when you begin to lose your mind. And I've got friends who have family members that everything physically is good, but their thought begins to go. It's something you don't necessarily think about. It's something you take for granted. I would even begin to say this, and as we think about this in in terms of the body of Christ, I think we take one another for granted. You see, because I think the truth is, what we're trying to understand here is what Paul's wanting us to understand as the church. And let's just break it down to locally, our church, even though he's speaking to the church's whole. I just want want you to see this. We've all been given a gift to do what? To bring honor and glory to God. That ultimately, our existence is to honor and glorify God in the way he's gifted us. But also, it's to honor and to edify and to encourage one another. It's to build one another up. And though we've been given different gifts, all those gifts point back to God. And so when we refuse to be the hand, or we refuse to be the ear, or we refuse to be the eye, or refuse to be the pinky toe, or refuse to be the calf muscle... Whether it's something seen or unseen, when it's something great and glamorized and said, wow, look at this. Or it's something small and done without anyone knowing. In the eyes of God, they're all necessary. I think about children's ministry. Um, I don't think, is Alicia in here? Good. <laughs> Alicia comes out and she goes, I don't like being Rhiannon. Rhiannon is our children's director. She wasn't here today. They, they were doing their last volleyball tournament. And I could see it on her face. I don't like being Rhiannon. It's a hard job. I mean, if I said, hey, listen, uh, Rhiannon just had to leave. I need someone to raise their hand and go lead the children's ministry. How many of you are like, that's me. I'm up. Some of you are like, that's not me. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. What if I said, listen, we've got so many babies in the nursery. And uh, it's a mess in there, literally. Greg Smith's like, I got you, Russ. No, look at it. He's like, no, that's not me. But some of you guys, you could go in that nursery and, and love on some babies, love a baby, care for a baby. I think about Chuck and Janet Lorenz. How long have you guys been serving in the uh, nursery, guys? 2006. Do the math. 13 years. They've been in there faithfully. Their daughter and her husband have served faithfully. Some of you have served faithfully in different areas of the church. Now, just because children's ministry is not your area doesn't mean that you're not called to serve the church. You are. Some of you are great greeters. You, you got the ability to smile and to make people feel welcome. Some of you are great teachers. Some of you are, 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 are people that if I said, hey, look, we, we need to set up a bereavement team, and, and I need someone to reach out when someone is hurt or sick or, or suffering, that's you. And some of you are like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what to say. You see, the point of this text is to remind us, as Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, uh, here's what they thought. They thought that the way they were doing it was right. They thought that if they just kept within themselves, that it was good. What they didn't realize is that Jesus didn't just come to die for them. Jesus didn't come to just live for them. He didn't just set them free. But ultimately, he set all free, Jew and Greek alike, slave or free alike, glamorous and low of position, and of not. And so as you begin to look around your world, you think about where you can serve and where you can use your giftedness, I want you to remember that no gift is too small. And more importantly, where you use that gift is not of no matter or impact. 
There are people in your life, whether it's in your family, at your workplace, at your kid's sports team, someone that you see on the regular or, or just every once in a while, God has gifted you. If you know Jesus as your Savior, he has gifted you with at least one, if not more, gifts. The question is, are you willing to take that giftedness and trust in the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides and directs you to use those opportunities to point people back to Jesus? Now, I'll tell you right now, there are times that I use my gift for me to make much of Russ. And, and when that happens, I've just got to recognize and say, God, that's not of you. That's not for you. So my challenge for all of us this morning is to consider if we're the members of one body, first, how are we using our giftedness and our calling to honor the, honor the Lord, to point people back to God? And then second, how are we using it to strengthen this body? Again, as I just think about here locally, whether it's a student ministry, children's ministry, bereavement, um, hospitality, you think about the different areas of church, serving and worship. God may have given you an incredible voice, but you don't like to be in front of people. Guess what? God gave you a voice for a reason. And maybe this isn't where you start. Maybe, maybe you just begin to look for opportunities every once in a while to use your giftedness. Maybe you've been given the gift of giving, and you want to give generously, but you're just afraid that if you do, that you're going to do without. Guess what? That's the way it's supposed to be. We should give sacrificially to what we believe in, the causes we believe in. As we think about giving to the church, we should give till it hurts. We should give to where it costs us something. And if we're not, then we're just going through the motion. If we're just showing up in kids' ministry because it's a place to serve and we think we like kids, but we're not doing it with the right heart, then we're just going through the motion. Maybe, maybe your gift, you, just, you want to be able to pray for somebody. You would say, Russ, help me. If there's somewhere that I can pray in the church. Maybe you're not up front. Maybe you're not a people person. That's okay. God's gifted us all differently. You're like the, the, the area behind the kneecap. Guess what? That's super important because without that, you can't walk. We need you. See, as one member of the body, if we suffer, the whole body suffers. And if we're unwilling to use our giftedness to encourage the body and to build the body up and to do all the things God wants to do within our body, then the body is not able to do what God wants us to do. It's called disobedience. It's flat out sin. I don't know about you, but when you see in Scripture, it says, God, search my heart. Let me know if there's anything that would keep me from walking closely with you. And God reveals that sin to you. We're called to repent of that sin. We're called to honor God and to obey and to follow his word. I love this. It says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You know, because we are one body in Christ... There's going to be times that we get to lift you up and you're going to get all the glory. Here's when I see that VBS. I love VBS. L-O-V-E. I H-A-T-E until it comes. Let me repeat repeat that. I H-A-T-E it like the weeks leading up to it because it's so much work. There's so much that goes into it, the decoration, the planning, the recruiting of leaders, putting people in the right spot, worrying if the kids are going to come, worrying about space, like doing all the things that are of me, and then VBS is here, and something happens, and it's awesome. And that's the time when I'm up front a lot of the times. You know my favorite part about VBS is, is at the very end, when all the volunteers come in, and you get to see how VBS happens. It's not because of me. 
It's not because of Miss Rhiannon. It's because of all the volunteers that have said, hey, I'm going to give of time this week to show up. So my question for you is this morning, how are you going to show up? How has God gifted you? What has he given you to bring honor and glory to him? As I think through that, I'm reminded that we don't do that on our own. Amen? I'm so thankful that that we don't have to be merciful in our own ability. I'm so thankful that we don't have to be um, givers in our own ability, that we don't have to teach or lead or show mercy in our own ability. We don't have to try to uh, share God's word in our own knowledge. That ultimately we get to depend on the spirit of God that's within us. That all of us have participated in if we know Jesus. Now, there might be some of you in this room this morning that say, I don't know Christ, so I don't have that gift. There would be nothing more than I would love to do is to talk to you about what that would look like. To pray to receive Christ. To begin a new life in him. To become a new creation. Some of you this morning, you are a believer in Christ. But, and and maybe, maybe a step for you would be to say, hey, I want to be baptized. I, I've been going to this church for 13 years. And, and it's, I'm super uncomfortable admitting this, but I've never been baptized. That's okay. Some of you would say, I've been coming to this church and showing up weekly. And for you, just that next step might be willing to say, hey, I'd like to start, I'd like to start praying for our church. How can I pray for you and Randy, Russ? How can I pray for Rhiannon? How can I pray for our elders? I've got some, some people in this room, and I won't call them out by name. A sweet lady came and said it to me today. Russ, I, I, I wanna, she, she's not, she can't serve with students right now, but she said, Russ, I want to give so that a student can go on the mission trip. That's incredible. That's something that will never be seen or known, but it helps us support and to do ministry. Some of you, you're at a point where kind of that next step would be more public with your gift. And it terrifies you to do that. But part of stepping out on faith is stepping out in an uncomfortable situation and trusting God's going to step up. And that God's going to use that situation. And in your faithfulness, he impacts the lives of others. The band's going to come out here in just a minute. And and they're they're going to close us with a song and... What I'd ask for you to do is just spend some time with the Lord. Spend some time with God alone and maybe think about, I can see him running. Everybody look out real quick. You see him? (laughs) That's so great. I love it. Darren just kind of casually walking. No, the, the truth is we're all in different places in our journey. We're all in different places of understanding our giftedness and how we as a member impact the body of Christ. So my prayer for us this morning is for us to consider how do we draw one step closer to him? How do we draw one step closer to understanding and knowing God's word and then applying it to our lives? How can we use our giftedness to begin to, begin to honor God and to bring glory to God as a mom, as a dad, as a, as a parent uh, of a parent? I think about grandparents. I, I can't begin to tell you the wisdom that grandparents have. Don't ever think that you, you don't have anything to offer. You absolutely do. We've got some people in the room here this morning who don't have kids. You have no idea the parenting that you can give to somebody like me. Uh, Or excuse me, just how to be a spouse to somebody like me. I am not a great husband all the time. Amy's not a great wife all the time. So if you could talk to her about that. (laughs) Now, the truth is, we're only as good as our weakest link. Like, we're only as good as where we're the weakest and so when we recognize that we're, we're in need, when we recognize we don't have it all figured out, and that we want to come together as one body made up of many members, serving God together, loving God together, living in that community, man, incredible things happen.
The name of Jesus is honored, and people begin to experience life the way that God intended. So now, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. We're going to pray together, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Heavenly Father, as we close this morning, we think about the truth of the matter that we are all, how many members, one body, and that we're, Lord, that you work in and through how you've gifted us to bring about life change, and that you speak life through us because you've changed us from within. Father, I pray we would never grow weary of that. We would never lose sight of that, that being a follower of Christ would not be boring, that it wouldn't be lonely. Father, that we wouldn't, that we wouldn't live compartmental lives, but Lord, we would recognize how you've called us to live. While we are yet one member, we are part of a large body. So help us look for ways to encourage. Help us look for ways to show compassion. Help us look for ways to to teach and to lead, to share God's word. Help us look for ways to share our giftedness with others so that you would be honored in the way that we love one another. God, now as we close, I, I pray Father, that we would be honest with you. Help us to search our hearts, to consider where it is, Lord, that that we need to be honest with you and that we would respond accordingly. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. amen.